Welcome everybody to the Monthly Movie Dispatch, the movie review show from friends that you can trust. Every week we broadcast a review of a new film, talk about some film news, and recommend what to watch. We've been talking, critiquing, and gushing over movies since we were in high school, and we aim to bring you honest conversations about relevant cinema. This is a really exciting time for movies. There's just blockbusters coming out left and right. Uh, there's indies that are available, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about a new indie movie that actually premiered at Sundance 2020, uh, but it just got released this last week. Um, so uh, I'm Nick Moffat, and I'm here today with Brandon Bowlby. How's it going? Dude, Brandon, great. Uh, this is our first time uh, actually chatting on the Monthly Movie Dispatch since we changed formats. And As a duo. I'm excited. Yeah. It's yeah, been dude. it's been the most the whole year, or at least this whole movie season, we haven't had a conversation together about film. Yeah, this whole movie season. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, because, you know, we start the movie season, what, in dude, March Brandon, or whatever. Great. So uh, this is ever since we went to this new format, started a new season, a new year, we... We haven't talked. Uh, I haven't seen you or heard from you. Uh, I'm just kidding. Yeah, we talk offline. But no, uh, I'm just excited to talk about this movie. And I think this is a perfect movie for us. I feel like this is. is one of those movies where I feel like this is one of those movies where the Venn diagram of our interests mm -hmm. coincide, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I was going to say I have a bone to pick with you because uh, you gave F9 one and a half stars, you crazy person. Why do you even bother going to those movies? I, I don't Just know. Kidding. I was thought it maybe was going to be more like Fast 7, but it's not for me. You're right. I should probably should just stop putting myself <laughs> through that. I mean, uh, I just, it was everything I wanted it to be. That's why I gave it four and a half stars. Am I crazy? I but so. I. I just like saw your view and was like, man, he must have hated me and Derek's conversation about that movie last week because I think we only said good things. Yeah, but... I listened to the whole thing. You guys were ecstatic about it. But you're right. This this film Zola is like I I don't know where it came from. You're the you picked it, you found it, and I didn't even watch a trailer for it. But I'm definitely really glad that we're doing this one together because it oh. intersects a lot of the styles that we really like. Totally. So uh, before we get into the review on Zola, we want to talk about uh, the production company, A24, mm -hmm. that put out Zola. And for those that you that may not know about A24, they're a newer production company. I think they've been putting out movies since um, 2014 or 2013 or so. But they have uh, only do a few movies a year. It's usually like uh, four or five movies a year. But they have really crafted their brand, and uh, they just, it's one of those things where A24 logo pops up, you know it's going to be something worthwhile or interesting, or like, they just, all of their movies are like smaller indies, but they're all pretty fascinating. Yeah. They, Even they the ones like... that you don't like are, are like quality, like someone might like it out there. Yeah, they're, they're always interesting. And there are some in-between films um, that you don't really hear about that go under the radar, you know, like producing a movie like this is always a gamble. Um, so they put stock in interesting filmmakers and it is hit or miss uh, when you go back through their entire filmography. But it is shocking how big the hits are and how like how the hits are some of the best films of the last decade, like completely. Oh, really? Like we've got Best Picture winners in there. Yep. Uh, Moonlight was a A24 movie. Uh, you've got like weird experimental movies, a bunch of like super acclaimed horror movies. Um, 
like for I feel like A24 at this point is like for film geeks like ourselves, it's kind of like the criterion like I brand. was thinking no. the same thing. Like in fifty years from now, A twenty four in and of itself is gonna be its own criterion collection. Yeah. I mean, very possibly. I mean, I feel like Focus Feature back in the day had kind of a similar vibe of A24, and then they kind of like fell off the rails a little bit. So, I mean, I hope A24 keeps it up um, because what they're doing right now is really great. I actually have it sitting here in front of me. I have, there's a there's a list on Letterboxd, uh, A24 Complete Filmography. And mm -hmm. according to this list, they have 111 movies. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen 54 of them, so 48%. That's that's insane for just a movie studio. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know that that doesn't seem that's there's nothing else like that um, besides maybe like Pixar or not even Disney. It would be more just like Disney animated because Disney has a lot of extra stuff throughout the years. Um, so it's pretty impressive that A24 has such a curated list of good films that we've just happened to see uh, over the last has it even been 10 years? Maybe over 10 years that it's been around as a studio. Yeah. Yeah, it has. I don't think it's been 10 years. According to this, the first one was um, in 2012. Yeah. It was, and I don't know. And I don't know what was your percentage, flipped. Nick? I'm at 54. Or I'm, oh. at 80, I'm at I'm at 48%. I'm sorry. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen 54, so I'm at 48%. Okay. I am at 48% as well. Oh, my gosh. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. And I went through it earlier Holy today man. to make sure I had all of them selected, so... Yeah, I honestly thought this might happen. I, mm -hmm. I thought my first instinct was that you would be in front of me mm -hmm. just looking like scrolling through. I was like, I think Brand's going to be in front of me. But then I was like, wait, there's like two or three that I know that Brandon hasn't seen that I yeah. have. And I, I know yeah. that there's two or three that Brandon's seen that I haven't seen. Mm -hmm. So, wow. When does this happen that we're exactly the same? Yeah, almost half of every movie they put out. Totally. Um, I'm excited like to do this. Pretty good um, for any list on their box, honestly. Yeah. So I think it's worth saying we were deciding what to do with A24, and we were gonna do like this rank off, and we were so daunted by picking five of these amazing movies. Um, I, th I think your system's gonna be a lot more fun. So yeah, instead of doing like a rank off, we we're gonna do like our top fives or whatever. We decided to pick out a few like themes or. They're kind of like genres or ideas that um, A24 seems to like put out consistently so uh I, I just have some of these themes sitting here and then we each picked one or two movies um as like the the best or the most representative of uh a24 with those so uh the first one we got here is realistic drama mm -hmm. you want me to start uh what do you yeah what do you have for that one i i didn't necessarily go with like this the go-to best on all of them i tried to like represent a lot of different ones here um, the last one I the one I put here was Last Black Man in San Francisco. Um, oh, that was a recent one that hit me hard. I put it in my top ten that year. Um, I was really into that film. Cool. Um, yeah, I had Room at number uh, as oh, the shit. realistic drama. I saw yeah. that on there, and I was like, I remember Nick freaked out about Room, and I mean, I loved like, it too. Room is but... so good. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, can I say my second one too? Because I feel like that's the like most realistic drama of them all. Mm -hmm. uh, the Florida Project right like that's For just sure. like a fly on the wall like i think i actually world. overlooked florida project when picking that one but i'm still happy with my last black man yeah. in san francisco okay so uh coming of age movies yeah i gotta go with the one that i know you hate 
uh, eighth grade. Eighth grade. I don't hate eighth grade. I, I just didn't think it. I just didn't like it as much as everyone. But you just gave it three uh, and a half stars instead of four. So see. Right. Um. Yeah, I went with Ladybird. Yeah. Good pick. Yeah. For sure. Um. Uh, directed by women. They have a bunch of really good movies that are directed by women. Mm-hmm. Um. I went with uh, American Honey. Oh, dude. Good pick. Good yeah. pick. Andrea Arnold. Um. She's. She's like only done a few movies, but each one is like pretty interesting. Such a long slice of life experimental cool film. Yeah, and the actress in that movie is in Zola. So we'll be talking what? about her later. Okay. Yeah, R- Riley Keough. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I put uh first cow for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah of course. And that that was my number one movie of last year. I feel like I needed to represent uh Kelly Reinhardt. Yeah. So, yep. Uh, uh, minority voices. They're very good at uh, telling stories from minorities. Um, you got to give did... it to none other than Moonlight. One Best Picture is one of the best films of the year. Uh, made for $2 million. That movie's fucking incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm really glad you said that one because I also wanted to give a shout out to Minari. Mm-hmm. Another Best Picture nominee from last year. Yeah, 100%. Um, experimental. Uh, some A twenty four is definitely known for some pretty weird movies. So um, I would say the the two that I have on here are some of the weirdest movies I've ever seen. So I think we're gonna overlap um, on this one. Um, okay. I went with a ghost story. Oh really? No, I didn't. I didn't have the ghost story. What? I didn't. I didn't even have that in my three. Honestly. Oh, fuck. <laughs> okay. I know. I love ghost story. Don't get me wrong. That mm-hmm. movie is great. It's. Uh, and yeah, it actually would be experimental. There's like no dialogue in it, basically. It's just a guy under a sheet living yeah, forever. Green comes out soon too. Dying forever. To review that. Oh my gosh, that movie looks crazy. Um, I was thinking Swiss Army Man. Ooh, the, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah, the the Daniel Radcliffe as a farting corpse movie. Yeah. Um, by far the weirdest movie ever seen, but it's also really heartfelt and amazing special. music. Oh my yeah. gosh. Um, also, I want to just give a shout out to The Lobster, too, just because okay. uh, mm-hmm. that movie. Yeah, that one hit you hard. Um, uh, horror. H24 has some one. really interesting horror movies. Yeah. They're like it's the really... elevated Blumhouse almost. They have so many horror movies they put out. Um, totally. My horror pick is Green Room. Dude, great pick. Great mm-hmm. pick. Love Greenwood. Green Room. Love it. That was a tough um, choice. Yeah, yeah, and I was going to say The Witch. Okay, okay. Because uh, just to me, that is such a unique movie, uh, folktale, like uh, just chilling to the bone. Mm-hmm. Um, neither of us mentioned Ari Aster, though, because but both of his movies, who's like Hereditary, he's like the hottest Midsummer. horror director right now. Yeah. I had to go with uh, uh, Green Room, though. And uh, Existential Sci-Fi. Yeah, so my pick is Under the Silver Lake. Pushing oh. the boundaries of sci-fi. Okay. Uh, maybe fantasy, but um, there's some, uh, I don't know. It's probably not sci-fi, <laughs> but I decided well, to pick to- it. Well, I, I get why you would pick it. It is a fantasy. and those kind of, like Because, yeah, that movie's super weird because it doesn't like, it doesn't really exist in our world. Yeah. But it kind of does. Mm-hmm. And... 
I don't know. Yeah, sci-fi is a good. I, I'd, I'd accept it. Okay. I actually, I, I, this wasn't my number one pick, but I, I had a ghost story as a sci-fi. That's what yeah, I was thinking. Actually, that works too at some points for sure. But um, I, I put Ex Machina as the, yeah. the sci-fi. Yeah. Um, and then the last one we got here is a thriller. Uh, Uncut Gems, thriller. my number one pick from two years ago. I have Hell yeah. Of course, I feel like you were you added thriller on here, and I'm glad mm-hmm. you did because we needed to bring up uncut gems. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I uh, I also had uncut gems on there. You did? Uh, yeah, I did. All but right, I also go. wanted to, not not high life, but what was the other movie by the Sadie Brothers? Um, um, good times. Good times. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was the other thriller that I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, oh. Yeah, God, anyway. I feel like we could. You mentioned before we could make this an A twenty four podcast, and then just talk about Zola for five minutes, and I'm totally on board for that because yeah. uh, this was a really good idea. Yeah, A twenty four is incredible. It's one of those things where every time, yeah, like I said before, anytime you see the logo, it's like, okay, cool. This is probably going to be a quality movie, yeah. or at least do something very interesting. So, um, yeah, let's uh, let's get into Zola. So let's get into Zola. Let's do it. Um, so Zola is a pretty interesting movie. Um, I'm just going to read the plot summary real quick. Uh, a waitress agrees to accompany an exotic dancer. She's an exotic dancer herself as well. Um, but she, accom- she accompanies an exotic dancer, her put-upon boyfriend, and her mysterious and domineering roommate on a road trip to Florida to seek fortune at a high-end strip club. This was directed by Jenska Bravo and stars Taylor Page, Riley Kioa. I don't know how to say her last name. Kioa. Um, that's um, Riley Kioa is the one from uh, American Honey. Okay. Uh, she's not the main character, but she's um, kind of like the leader of the pack. Do you remember? Yep. Um, and also I learned today that um, her mom is uh, uh, Marie Presley. So her grandfather is Elvis. So um, oh. that's that's kind of funny. Okay. So. Uh, Little trivia there just to set you up uh, right out the gate. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, this movie is really interesting, though, because it, um, it is based on a Twitter thread. So, um, and they let you know that very clearly. Yeah. Up front. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you know it was a th- Twitter thread ahead I did of time? Not. No. Okay. I, I knew it was a Twitter thread ahead of time, but not... Uh, not so explicitly like I kind of forgot what the thread was and I actually went back today and reread it and I realized I had read it it was it was basically posted on Twitter in 2015 and you had read it in the time yeah so such a big deal oh wow yeah like I I re like I didn't I didn't remember it while I was watching the movie like Uh the whole movie I was on the edge of my seat and I had no idea what was happening and then today when I reread the whole thing Mm -hmm. I was like okay I I remember reading this six Mm -hmm. years ago and it's this lady Zola. She basically just tweeted one, you know, one tweet at a time. This is even before. This is when Twitter was 80 characters, not 160. Right, and yeah. so that short tweets telling this whole story, and then um, must then have been very fragmented. Arc. Even 150 of them. Yeah, yeah, but her voice was very clear. Like her voice was very, like, very loud and funny in in okay. the story, um, just like the movie, and. Then uh, A24 started developing this movie um, with 
uh, James Franco was actually attached to direct it for a little bit. Um, but I shouldn't say it was actually totally based on the uh, Twitter art feed. The Twitter feed blew up and then there was an article written about about it. And so the movie's actually based on the article. So it should be a little bit more factual than the Twitter feed. Anyway, yeah. we can li- link them to the show notes if, if anyone's interested. But um, I had never heard of a movie based on Twitter before. No. Um, so that already is pretty unique. Um, I was caught by this movie because it just. I didn't actually see the trailer, but the pictures, the stills I saw from it and the um, just the posters and everything I was hearing about, it sounded very stylish, sounded like a very unique story. And mm-hmm. it absolutely was. And I mean, that that plot summary, like, you know, sometimes we read the plot summaries on here and they're kind of silly, but that's that's the bare bones of the plot. They, uh, you know, it starts off pretty quick where she's like, hey, you want to hear a story? And it's kind of weird. And it, then... it really grabs you from the intro. Like I was on I was on board um, just at the start in the when they're just meeting and becoming friends and and they preface the entire story with this is all going to fall apart. Um, so. Yeah, so you know where it's going, or at least you know there's it's not going to end well. Yeah, so you know it's kind of one of those movies that uh, has like tonal shifts. Like the whole movie kind of has like the sense that something's going to go wrong. You know, so you're kind of like on edge a little bit the whole time, like worrying what's going to happen. But at the same time, these two they click immediately, and then they start joking and they have this really fun banter, and it's like. I feel seen for the first time, you know, and they mm-hmm. like say things like that. And, um, you know, the main character is, uh, Zola and she's this black woman. And then she meets this white, this white girl. She's, it's kind of like a joke that she's like, I met this white bitch and she's, I'm going to go down to Florida with her and I got to screw my boyfriend because he's going to be pissed about it. You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah. ah, fuck him silly. I think is what she says or something. So, uh, so then they go to, you know, they go, uh, to Florida and, I don't want to say pretty quick things go off the rails, but like just flags start popping up and she's like, okay, this is not going to go so well. This is pretty weird. I'm not on board with this. And uh, yeah, you know, shit kind of just kind of unravels. But, um, you know, I was pretty impressed by how this movie, like I said before, balanced the tones. I thought it was pretty funny throughout the movie. But also there were moments where I was like, oh, gosh, oh, what's happening? OK, here we go. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, there's a um, lot going what... on with the style and the tone. And um, it's kind of like it sets itself up to where they can kind of do whatever they want by the time you're halfway through this movie. Like, you don't know if it's going to turn, like, straight up, like, brutal horror or if it's just going to stick to this comedy or or whatever, like, scene style they decide to throw at you because they try to be creative throughout from stop to finish. There's, like, unique ways of showing you, like, every scenario throughout this film. You know, it's not just, like, straightforward scenes. It's, it's really creative. But by the time you're halfway through, like, they could really throw anything at you, and I was kind of ready to take take it on because they've just set up this like really loose um, creative film for you. Does that makes sense. Totally. And, and it, they kind of like break the fourth wall a little bit a few times mm-hmm. too, where like there, there's like a voiceover that keeps popping up, which is supposedly like the tweets that were happening. Um, they're, they kind of are connecting it to the outside world a little bit. Um, but there, there's a few moments that were just like spectacularly spectacular with visual style. Um, 
specifically like when they were like getting ready to get on stage and then even some of the dancing on mm -hmm. stage they would be like looking in the mirror uh you know getting dressed and then just like the lighting would be like sparkling or uh, just reflecting really cool imagery like they were in a dream almost she's trying to figure out who she wants to be for her strip night and she's like appearing in like four different like silhouettes and it's like flashing like with her different outfits um i just like a lot of creative yeah visual and editing style uh yeah. when they're or the like the big sex scene um with some of the men like it the way that's edited and the way that shows is like a really really well done um yeah I yeah that i one. i thought that scene was so great um mm -hmm. just to break it down a little bit like there's a scene where uh the riley kiwa's character starts like having sex with some men um one at a time but kind of they film it like a montage yeah and uh they you know it just film history they would typically take the you know the male gaze and it would maybe show the sexiness of you know this girl that we are following this cute girl but like instead they like kind of focus on the men that yeah. she's sleeping with and like how gross it is like but mm -hmm. even even like they don't even like i i still don't even feel like the movie was like ew gross like it just was like no. yeah no this is what this is the man's shirt that he's taking off uh this is what his penis looks like and it's like a close up yeah. of just like a Here's his up relaxed face right after he comes and like yeah. side by side, like it was, it was really interesting and create like creative way to show that. And even the music at that point um, was uh, just, I don't know, as well, really interesting. Yeah. The music was really great. I mean, throughout the movie, the sound editing actually was really fantastic in this movie, mm -hmm. but yeah, they um, do a lot of tricks and like flourishes to like set you on the edge. Like all those night shots of the car just driving. You're like, how long the shots aren't like that long, but they're a little longer than normal. And like, you think, you know, something bad is just around the corner or like the, and the music in those shots or like the, when they show up at the gross hotel, the kids playing basketball up top, but it's like in a really unnatural way. And there's almost a rhythm to it. And like, you start oh, looking up at this. There absolutely was a rhythm to it. And it was like, yeah. done, done, done. And it just, it kept yeah. happening. And wait, what? It just kind of was like drawing, but like, there's nothing jarring about a basketball, but it was setting it up that this whole experience was jarring. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, dude. Uh, I I thought that I, just a quick tangent. Um, you know the this director, um, Jansica Bravo. She, I, I've mentioned this on other po on other podcasts, but that I'm doing two projects this year. I'm watching like 20 films by Black filmmakers and 52 movies uh by uh women directors mm -hmm. and uh you know this she crosses both of those off which is awesome for mm -hmm. me uh but um i thought that she handled this movie so well um i this is like i don't think this is i don't know if this is her first movie but um i do think that like her voice was so strong with this and like this is kind of the, the thing the, the thing that i keep talking about where um i feel like if we give more women like the budget to make whatever kind of movie they want, we're going to like kind of have a new like film language to some degree. Mm -hmm. And to me that that's kind of what this movie was, you know, like it was, it was, you know, obviously, yeah, before when we were talking about the, you know, the montage, it was kind of poking fun at, you know, the female gaze, but also like, 
I, I didn't think this movie like really like disparaged his characters at all for stripping or even like, you know, hooking either. Like, I didn't really think it was like these people are bad because they're doing this. It you know showed the dangers of it, possibly. But they were both. I mean, the main character was really smart and she was on top of her shit. Yeah. And uh, they also like played with perspective in a really interesting way. And like like you said before, there's a lot of style in this movie. I just thought this movie was so well directed and uh, she also wasn't afraid she wasn't afraid to make her movie like sexy as hell in so totally. many scenes um and just i mean that was that's what these girls did this was their job this is how they made money and they're fucking good at it and so yeah. she like did it up with her directing and a lot of it there's just a lot of shots of skin and bodies and movement and um, right it's just there's it that really scene. cool there's that scene where they go to the first strip club uh, and she's going, uh, she has to wear, like, there's rules at the club, so they have to wear, like, uh, patches on their nipples and stuff. Yeah, pasties. And she, she's like, how am I supposed to make money, you know, if I can't show my nipples? And the other girl's like, we're sexy as hell. Like, yeah. you'll make money just because you're sexy. And then, like, then she gets on stage and it's like, they, she films it like she's fucking sexy. And it's. Mm -hmm really good you know mm -hmm. and and it wasn't like gratuitous though you know it wasn't like uh oh she's stripping or you know it wasn't it just was like yeah uh the the female body is sexy and she's working and the random dude you remind me of oprah winfrey <laughs> and she's just what like that? what <laughs> yeah okay and just continues but, on yeah so uh yeah dude um i really really like this movie though felt like it was very honest and um at least honest from from the perspective it was telling the story yeah i want to i want to dig into some of those perspectives um yeah in the next so phase how about of this. we yeah so how about we go into spoilers uh because there's a few things that we want to talk about um that were more um specific to the plot um but uh, at this point you know i have nothing i've you know i have a few like you know minor quibs but um you know, a uh, very positive review. So yeah. highly recommend Zola. Highly, highly recommend it. Go see it. So after this, we're going to do spoilers, spoiler, 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 spoilers. Okay. So, uh, what do you think? Where to, would you think about? of the, um, I mean, so the movie, the movie really favors our protagonist, like to extreme you, you mentioned how smart and capable she was. She's like on top of her shit at every moment. I don't think there's like a second where she doesn't handle the situation well or intelligently. Um, or like, or where she's just not strong even while being like demoralized. Um, but on the, on like half, more than half, three fourths of the way through the film, they cut to the like opposite perspective which is obviously just like such a trashy, wrong bullshit. The way they film it, it's like done up in um, almost for laughs. Uh, oh, completely for laughs. Like yeah. the like basically, it was like for for a second they gave uh, Stefani's uh, the other the white girl's uh, mm -hmm. perspective, and it was like uh, apparently this was she real. Was like she literally went, wearing garbage. She went bags. on Reddit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so she went on Reddit after this Twitter thread blew up and was like. No, this is Christian my side of the story. This trashy hoe yeah. took me to like Florida. Yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, it was like, sure, you don't believe any of that for a second. But also it's like, 
you know, maybe Zola like, you know, exaggerated some details or maybe yeah. she like messed up a little bit on her own. Like, you, you know, you don't hundred percent I guess I, I bring it up. It's not a criticism at all. It was just, it was, uh, it was, I, I liked that they brought up the Reddit thread and showed you that flip side for a bit and went on that like recap of everything. Um, and it actually was pretty fun for a chance to have such a like, um, smart, intelligent lead. Um, even in like her jabs, she was thrown back at the at the pimp. Um, so yeah, I like I liked her personality a lot. Right, and that was something we haven't actually talked about yet. Was that uh, you know I mentioned that they go with her roommate, and it turns out her roommate is her pimp, mm-hmm. uh, Stephanie's, not Azola's. So Zola finds out that uh, that this guy um, that she doesn't know his name is stephanie's pimp and she's like i'm not here for that i don't want to do that i'm not i'm not hooking like i'm not doing that um but you know she doesn't leave she keeps hanging out with them and then there are a few like extremely tense moments with that guy Mm -hmm. like there is a point in the first night where she's like i'm out and she gets out of the car and the guy like screams at her and And, and i love like that's the thing we talk about with um like horror films a lot too is like why the f- you just gotta like turn and walk away and at the second things get weird she literally is like i'm out of this car i'm calling a cab and probably getting on an airplane and just going home like within four seconds of things getting weird and i was like fuck yes finally a movie who does what a normal person would do but then obviously he turns around and Me. endangers her whole life so she yeah. has to get back in the car. But I yeah, love that like, she like, I know where you live. I know where you work. Yeah. Like, I will make your life hell. And he, she's like, okay, I need to play this smart. Yeah. And then but I just love does. that she didn't put up with his shit. Like, so many movies allow their characters to put up with so much weird shit going on when normal people are just like, would bounce, you know? Totally. I agree completely. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm glad that they had that in there. And I, I, the whole thing, like, I thought his character was actually really good. Like, he was a believable pimp. He like, you know, kind of towed that line that he like, you know, acted like he cared about them, but uh, he was protective of them and he was protecting them or whatever. But he was also really scary. And yeah, he, he needed he wanted money and he he didn't need to hurt her, but he wanted to make some money that weekend. So he needed her to stay around and like, yeah, I. Yeah, yeah. well, then Zola kind of starts working for him a little bit because like she kind of gets uh that that scene that we mentioned where uh Stephanie's like sleeping with a bunch of guys she Zola's the one that sets that up she like she's like you should be charging more for your pussy i'm going to uh create a new account so you can make more money mm-hmm. and then she makes like $7000 in one night sleeping with a bunch of losers and then uh i'm sorry we don't know that they're losers i'm just kidding but she uh, she um so then the guy comes in the next day and he he's like, oh, you think you could do my job better than me? And it's like a tense moment for a second. And then he's so like, like ah, here's 500 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. You you, you earned yeah. it. And then so she, she she kind of starts working for him a little bit, like being the protection for the night and stuff, yeah. um, which was pretty interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to mention uh, Stephanie's boyfriend. Um, oh, my God. The- played by nicholas braun yeah um his character was very strange you know he was like he came along on this journey uh this big adventure and then like they basically dropped him off at this terrible hotel there's a lot of things that are unexplained in this movie and that was one of like 
which which really reminds me that it is just a Twitter thread and that there's all these like there's all these things that happen to her that she doesn't know the context around or why it's occurring and we never find out at the end either and there's like there's a ton of those instances in there like from large to small like um like i remember when she's like crossing the confederate flag or just seeing like police beat somebody up in this probably just to show it's like a fucked up town um uh there's just like a lot or the 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 girl the pimp was sleeping with that didn't say a word there's just all these things and i felt like um it it added like a lot of like texture to the film or like yeah i don't know like a lot of stuff around the edges which gave you like a sense of place and um just how weird of a weekend this was for her i don't know and one of them was that boyfriend because we never really figured out like why did they bring him along why is she with him like how could this even have been strung out this long if she like doesn't give a fuck about him um and her pimp is obviously just right there like owning her in front of him i don't know yeah it was just like we never find out any of these details and it just kind of like really shows you how much of a i don't know of a 150 word twitter post like thread this was totally and uh yeah i mean the the information's like out there like i've um I've like heard, I, you know, I read like that article and stuff. And so the thing is like, and I think the movie like kind of hints at it. Like I totally, I want to just echo what you're saying because um, I love it when movies do this sort of thing where they, they like hint at backstory, but then don't mm-hmm. explain it. I love when there's just like characters um, with like rich texture, but you don't really know where they came from. Like there's, I, I there's, love when movies one, do that. She showed up at the hotel to like pimp out the not the friend but to print out pimp out her friend and it like cuts to the lobby of this like run not rundown hotel but the sad hotel dining area and this like performers are playing like steel drums and this lady's like dancing and they're like they're putting on a show for like these two tables in there and i'm just like why is the shot lingering on the steel drummer and i was like it had to have been her part of her story she had to have written like a sentence about it like in that in that tweet i didn't see that in the twitter feed you just but, reread um, it and you... yeah i read it today so uh, i didn't see that in there but those what are I just did see was that the lady the lady who was with um the pimp that was sleeping with the pimp that was his fiance mm-hmm. so they were like you know they were in a relationship or whatever and then the uh the boyfriend um has like bipolar disorder you know like he's like he's mentally not right and i think the Mm -hmm. movie shows that pretty clear like there's scenes where he's hitting himself and he's like throwing stuff around the room and losing his shit like an hour after her leaving yeah yeah and then there's like and then there's like that other scene where like you know stephanie goes into like you know go sleep with someone and um zola and him are in the car and he's like showing her like really bad videos from youtube just like people messing around the shower or whatever. And he's like, I'm I'm going to make movies like that. I'm going to make movies like this and I'm going to make a lot of money. And Zola's just like, what? Okay. No, you won't. But yeah. And also like, yeah, whatever. Like, but he's like, like that flip of his like emotions is like pretty clear. But uh, yeah, I mean, his character was pretty, you know, instrumental to, uh, you know, the drama that happens in the back end of the movie. I don't know if we really need to talk about it, but there's like some crazy drama that goes down and then like, yeah, it's a good twist know. or it's a good, like full circle of the storyline. 
Um, yeah, well, there's brutal climax. I guess I can do want to talk about it a little bit because there's like one moment in all of that that like summed up how the movie like balanced the like the tension and the humor for me. And that was when they came back. So they were out all night and then they went back to the um, the crummy hotel where the boyfriend was at. And he had been hanging out with this other dude downstairs. And, you know, the pimp gets pissed about it. And he's like yelling at him like, you don't know that guy. Like you told him that we have money. Now they can go out with friends. And and he's like, he like goes on this huge angry tyrant about how like, I think at some point he goes, they can come back and slit our throats. And Zola just goes, Zola's just in the corner. She goes, what? Yeah. (laughs) And her delivery of what Uh was like, like so perfect. Because it was like absurd. I knew this was bad, but. I'm I'm yeah. in deep, I guess. Like Yeah, but it was also like funny the way she said it too, mm-hmm. like as if like that probably won't happen because you're being crazy, but also I guess I don't know. Like yeah. what this is Where escalating quickly. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, for so, sure. And uh, the movie plays that like that funny, serious I mean, in the climax so we're just talking about the the boyfriend character and his bipolarness of him like like not like he will not leave her no matter what and they're just like insulting him so much in that final house scene and he literally like tries to kill himself and yeah, he's like i'm gonna kill myself and they're like oh come on shut up like, oh fuck off and then he just yeah. and he just fucking does it um and then the movie a second later just cuts to his like bloody head in a car because he like it, he wasn't high enough i guess yeah. and they like don't mention it again and it's like it's like shocking but it's kind of also like I don't know. They don't dwell on it being like that, uh, that serious of a thing that happens. Yeah. Well, it's just like, yeah. yeah. And like, it's a crazy story. That's like the whole thing. And then they're driving home and she's just like in the backseat of the car, just like, I just want to go home. And like the Stephanie's like looking back on her being like, I love you so much. And it's just like, she's just like, what did I get myself into? Mm -hmm. This is so crazy. And you know, that's kind of like the whole thing with this movie is that it's like, it's just a really crazy story and um, a lot of twists and turns, but it was certainly fascinating and, you know, it was something. Yeah. How many? What's the tagline? Many... Like, you want to hear a story? <laughs> what? Y'all want to hear a story? And like, oh, is that the that's... tagline of the movie? Yeah. Yeah. That's like the opening line almost when she's narrating. Uh, how many stars did you give it? I'm teetering, man. I'm either four or four and a half. Yeah. I think I might give it four and a half because I think like, I think this is going to be one of my top movies of the year. Like, I'm not saying it's like number one, because, you know, I don't know if it has like enough of an emotional impact to be like, you know, my top five or something, but I think it's going to stick with me and I think like I'll rewatch it and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think it's going to be one of my top movies of the year. Yeah. And it's, it's going to, I'm right there with you between four and four and a half. Like, again, it didn't like, it didn't like, you know pound me in the heart or the mind like at the end but all the way through there was like it was a fun interesting ride that i didn't get bored of like tired of and with all the style i had going for it, like it's going to be easy to recommend for people who like these types of movies um yeah so yeah one of the better movies i've seen this year for sure yeah and i would even recommend people who like wouldn't typically watch this type of movie i mean it's short it's only like 86 minutes and um 
you know, I don't think there's anything like offensive about it. Like even even the stripping is like done well. I don't know. Like I would I would recommend this movie to like anyone who's like looking for something different, you know, um, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, engaging story. But. Yeah, so I, I think that's do you have anything else to add with this one or should we wrap this up? No, that's it. Cool. Good. Well, pick, Nick. Uh, that was Zola. Um, you know, thanks for listening to our show. You know, like and subscribe. Um, I think that next week we're doing Black Widow. Fuck. And uh, I think we might do all four of us on it. We haven't um, explicitly put that out there, but um, I hope so. I think that, That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think we might, you know, get the gang back together and have all four of us talk about the new MCU movie. So anyway, this is uh, this has been the monthly movie dispatch. So uh, Brandon, it was great talking to you. Good talking to you, Nick. And uh, everyone listening, you know, take care of yourselves and others and, you know, be nice out there. Peace out. Bye.